0: is Pirates opening day at Cincinnati as we tape this. And I think Stone Cold Steve Austin put it best when he said, I don't give a rat's ass about none of that. Uh, Joining me now to talk bucko baseball and about a bunch of stuff here on the Mark Madden podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network is uh, Tim Benz. Tim, I would recommend to the masses, once the home portion of the Pirates schedule starts, don't bother going to PNC Park. Just go right to Rivers Casino, watch the game at the Sportsbook, bet now from anywhere
1: and you can bet against them 162 times if you want and I don't know if that's a bad strategy to be honest with you um they are going to be bad again uh, I don't think they're going to be as bad as last year in fact I think they're going to be five to ten games better
0: it'd be really hard to lose 100 games three years in a row it's uh very rarely been accomplished I can't even remember the last time and of course I couldn't be bothered to look it up uh but but really, they've done the equivalency because in the strike season, strike season, uh, pandemic season, same thing, labor dispute, uh, worldwide pandemic. Six to one, half dozen the other. Exacto mundo. Uh, they they were on a pace to like lose one hundred and ten games.
1: That would have been their worst year. Yes. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, and then again, that plays out differently over a, a buck sixty-two. But um, but I, I think there'll be some better. I just think it, it says a lot about how the fans in the Stooge media have lowered the bar when they act like 75 wins would be something to celebrate.
1: I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of unironic tweets and unironic social media posts saying, you know what? this might sound crazy, you pessimists might not buy into this, but I think they're going to win 75 games. Like, I'm trying to be a cockeyed optimist, and I'm saying they're still going to be well below 500. Tim, when
0: I grew up playing Little League Baseball, I dreamed of someday being on a team good enough to win 75 games.
1: I think when that gambling line got bought up to 67, when it came out initially at Bet Rivers, a lot of different places had it at about 61.
0: What is it right now?
1: 67.5 at bet Rivers. And I think...
0: It, I, I would have gone over 61, obviously.
1: Would you go over 67.5? I did. I think they're going to be about 70 to 72.
0: Here, here's the problem with going over 67.5. We don't know who they're going to get rid of at the trade deadline. Like, they could be doing pretty well, but, but they can't help themselves. They will get rid of whoever whether it's, you know, Carlos Santana, you know, an older guy Mm. that they brought in specifically to flip at the deadline if he's having a good year. So that's one reason I probably wouldn't bet either way on the Pirates over under.
1: I think the prospect of some good young pitching when they get rid of the Rich Hills of the world, for instance, when like Rich Hill falls right under that tent you're talking about, right? Veteran acquisition to be here for a little bit to get something in July.
0: I think he's too old to trade. I, I just <laughs> I, I wouldn't might be want too him
1: tired to pick up his own bag and go somewhere
0: else again. I, I mean, what? Grover Cleveland Alexander wasn't available. It, I mean, what's he forty
1: three? Uh, yeah, he might even be older than that. No, like forty three I think is right. But you, you get the point though. Is that I? I don't think that they have the dearth of options to call upon guys that are still so far away that when they do come up, I actually think they can keep whatever pace they are at. And I think that pace can get them to 10 games better than what it was last year.
0: If the, if the over-under was at 70 and a half, I'd go under, because I think that if, if a, a, a contender gets their closer hurt or their setup man hurt uh, before the deadline, David Bednar's a guy that could very likely trade and he's real good. But but by the same token, as I've often said, and the Pirates have, have proven me right by making deals like this, a, a, a non-contender doesn't need a closer.
1: Correct. And um, that's long been their school of thought because they've had a lot of good ones that they've gotten rid of.
0: And that would flush the over if that would happen. It could. If the over was a little higher.
1: One thing that I think is a real variable is there's a presumption from a lot of folks, especially those who are going even higher than I am where I feel like I'm being optimistic and saying 70 to 72. A lot of people are saying you can go higher than that even because the division's going to stink and it probably will. But you know, those other four cities, they think they're going to be better too. And they've talked themselves into some optimism as well. Like, you know, Chicago fans think Chicago is going to be better. Reds fans think the Reds are going to be better. The Cardinals fans think they're going to win every year. So, I don't think it's a lock that the division stinks entirely as much as some pirate optimists are banking on those extra five well, or six don't, wins. Don't
0: forget, when you talk about the division being bad enough to give the Pirates five or six extra wins, those teams have to be worse than the Pirates. Y- yeah. y- you know what I mean? We're not talking about being bad, being good enough. They have to be worse than the Pirates.
1: Precisely, uh, for over the course of 162 games. And without having
0: analyzed the NL Central Tim. I would bet their starting pitching is better than the Pirates. I, I think that's the chink in the armor. Although people now are, are, are moaning because JT Brubaker might be out for the year. He was 3-12 and last year, and his ERA was up near 5. I, I don't see that as a tragedy.
1: His stuff was always good enough to make you think that if circumstances of the game, if circumstances of the team, if circumstances of the road trip, you know, there's always this, it's there, and if things were a little bit better outside of his own arm, then those talents would coalesce and he'd be a good pitcher. I just don't see it. I mean, like, I know he's got good stuff, but th- there's sort of that Tristan Jari, Casey DeSmith factor there. Like, you can see why they could be good, but it just never quite comes together. And after a while, you got to figure, well, that's why he's in the Pirates rotation every year.
0: It's like my pet peeve with O'Neill Cruz. O'Neal Cruz hit 233 last year, struck out a third of his plate appearances, only finished sixth in rookie of the year voting. But we think he's a superstar because of exit velocity, bat speed, foot speed, arm speed—none of which helps you win games, not tangibly. I did see though, Mark, over
1: the last six weeks, last yeah, last six weeks, last month, um, he was starting to go to the other other way better. He oh no, pitched- no, do
0: I think he's an excellent talent that could come good? I do. But I mean, I just I just think to try to act like he's great now is is typical of the horse manure that Baco fans and Stooge Media spread. It's
1: well beyond the pirates. That's what Twitter does. Like you you have the ability to crown anyone a success story whenever you want the first time they do something good. It's and, and that gets tons of likes and retweets because you said something positive. So you win the argument. Well, like you said. Still 233, seven-something OPS when you want to expect more than that for a guy that you're talking about paying $100 million to, $180 million to, somewhere in the near future. Um, And the Reynolds thing with the contract, you know, at the time that we're taping this, he is still not signed. Um, I,
0: I don't see the big deal whether he signs or not. You have him for two more years anyway, no matter what. If you want, what's the hurry? I mean, if he only signs through those two years, then nothing's been accomplished.
1: Yeah, right. And I want to know the devil in the details of the contract of whatever it is they sign, because like you said, for the next two years, how tradable is what they sign right now? Because that was the big thing. Because
0: they could be signing him with an eye toward that. You know, Brian Hayes, contract is totally tradable.
1: Nobody wanted to say that when the contract was signed because, yay, Pirates. Look what they did. They signed.
0: They care now. Why won't people see Nutting and what he's doing the plan for what it really is? Why do we act like suddenly he wants to win? And and we get an attack of this every couple years.
1: Why do we do it? Well, we don't. But a lot of other people do.
0: The the generic we.
1: Yeah. Um, And the reason they do that is if you admit to understanding and being 100% aware of what their business model is, then you are also by extension admitting that there's no plan to win. And when you're on the flagship station or when you're running a Pirates blog or you're on the beat, you kind of have to drum up enthusiasm for yourself. And if you admit to knowing what the plan has always been and always will be, then there's By extension, also admitting that they're not trying to win, and things are not trying to get better.
0: Hey, who's this Najigba guy that's playing right field and batting fifth? I honestly have never heard of him. I I guess he had a decent spring, but was he even expected to make the big club?
1: No, because I don't think anybody expected that he would have the spring to make him have to make it.
0: I will say this. If he had a big spring and he's on the team and starting because of that, I wholeheartedly endorse because that's how it should be when you have a right. team like the Pirates that's been this bad this long. He can always play his way out if he doesn't, you know, match what he did in the spring. But I think he should get a chance.
1: And he was the guy that came over in the tie on trade, so it's time to start seeing some of those prospects pay dividends. Um his he's the guy who's Brother is an Ohio State Buckeye receiver that's going in the draft, and
0: well, the Steelers should obviously take him.
1: I bl- yes, they should. What if it comes down to him and Peasy's kid though? Then they're in quite the bind.
0: I would try to get them both and watch them cover each other in practice. <laughs> now, now, will will players push back against baseball's new rules like the pitch clock, or did spring training kind of get that out the way?
1: Wonder if the umpires are going to push back against it more than the players. And
0: when I say push back, that's probably a poor phrase. Just be lax in the administration of it. Yeah,
1: I think um, one thing that's big, and I got to see how this plays out when we get to Major League Parks. (gasps) I'll be interested to watch today. You know, we saw what it looked like in the spring training parks, but
0: and by the way, I do watch a lot of baseball. People would be surprised to know that I love baseball. I just hate what's happened to it here in Pittsburgh.
1: You know, having the pitch clock visible from the center field camera. I think is big. I do too. Because you know, then every that makes the umpires be accountable for it. Now, if you just put it as a bug on television, or you put it in the corners on, you know, like that that divides the upper section from the lower section of the stands, you know, the wrap around digital's, that doesn't necessarily hold the umpire accountable for it. But when you see it ticking, and you know they can see it in center field, and you can see it behind them from the center field camera. That kind of makes it hard to BS for the umpires.
0: Tim, I was thinking of picking a mistress team for baseball. Well, actually it would be more than a mistress team because I've divorced the Pirates uh-huh. long since. Who should I root for in MLB?
1: Why not San Diego because they actually do what we want the Pirates to do.
0: Nah. <laughs> I just it's too far away to be the West Coast games to be a, to be a mistress. Oh no, that would be good because I stay up late at night. Now you've made a good argument. You know who I'm kind of leaning toward hmm. is St. Louis because baseball matters there. That is the one city left in the country, Tim, where baseball matters more than football, and did even when they had an NFL team.
1: I would argue that sometimes New York is like that when the Yankees and Mets are really good, and the yeah, Jets and I, Giants aren't. I ain't going
0: to root for New York.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just saying from the standpoint of where baseball matters more potentially. Um, no, that's that, that's a good point, and it speaks to my point all the time about since we brought up the shot, the the pitch clock. It's not necessarily pace of game that's holding baseball back. In my mind, it's stakes of the game. It's importance of the game. It's too many teams with not enough of a chance to win, a season too long, a pennant drive that doesn't necessarily matter as much as it used to now that there's so much permutation. There's the wild too cards. many
0: teams in the playoffs. Yeah. And there is in every sport, but we were used to it not being that way for baseball. There's too many teams in the playoffs for a 162-game season. You know
1: what else was great, too? I mean like the NBA there's too many teams in the playoffs for an 82 game season. You know what
0: baseball games I always watched him every year. Every year. I would go to the bottle shop in Heidelberg and watch the two wild card games. Yeah. You know because it was one game elimination to start the playoffs and then you were already down to a final four in each league. That was the limit of how many teams should make the playoffs.
1: I agree. I wasn't a big I was a traditionalist initially when they came out with the wild card I was like, "Uh" eh it took me like a year to understand, no, this is okay. Um, but now they've diluted it even more, and uh, to me, that's too much.
0: Tim, I think the real important news is that Harry Styles is dating Emily Ratajkowski.
1: Really? I missed that one.
0: Yeah, Harry Styles has apparently dumped Jason Sudeikis' ex after breaking up their relationship. And now he's with Emily Ratajkowski, to which I can only add, of course he is. <laughs> well, it's it's an upgrade, isn't it? Well, I think I mean, it is. Uh, Radakowski's really hot. Yeah. Really hot. And Harry Styles, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's no Zach Efron, but he is a good-looking guy. Although, his hairline's retreating faster than Custer.
1: So, you're not going to say that he's going to replace Zach Efron as your...
0: I think I might have aged out of the guy crush thing, Tim. <laughs> Sad as that is to say. I don't know if
1: I've aged out of having a crush on Emily Radikowski. I don't I'll, think that's ever going to happen. I'll give you an
0: example. Zach Efron in his prime... Before, you know, he had that accident that kind of changed his face around. But he's he's a little older, too. And he's a real good actor, so his career won't be at all affected. But when he was in this prime, had he been dating Emily Ratajkoski and I could have had a choice between the two? <laughs> I would have taken Ratajkoski, but I would have given it some thought. Now Harry Styles, Ratajkoski, easily Ratajkoski.
1: Ratajkoski's very vocal at times on Twitter, too. That might drive me a little bit crazy. Did you see the Zac Efron movie, the beer run movie? No, is that new? No, it's about two years ago. Was one it the, good? I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It was the one about where they went on a beer run during the Vietnam War. Some of the greatest. Oh, beer I runner. heard
0: about that. I yeah, that slipped under my radar. I, I
1: they, right after the pandemic, maybe.
0: I thought the neighbors' movies were great. Oh yeah, but the right. second one was too preachy. You know about how you know we're different, what we belong. I get enough of that on Twitter every day. Yes, exactly. Um, now I want to talk about the Penguins. Because, you know, they're playing Nashville tonight as we as we record this, but certainly tonight won't end the drama. In fact, I think it will only add on. Uh, it's such a roller coaster. I mean, they're capable of playing really good. They're capable of being really bad like that Detroit game. But I got to tell you, nothing about this surprises me. I I thought that they would be a borderline playoff team. If they make it, they lose in the first round, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, it's the prediction that I
1: made at the start of the year was if they get in, they're getting in no better than seventh. If they fall out, they're probably going to be ninth. This is who they are. The teams that are surrounding them in the playoff chase are exactly who I thought they would be. I thought Florida might be better. I thought it might kind of come down to the Islanders and Penguins for the last playoff spot. Um, None of this is a shock, not only in terms of how the Penguins profile, but the teams in the mix and the reason why the teams are in the mix uh, because of their relative talent or lack thereof. You know, like that Ottawa game where they outshot them 49 to 28 or whatever
0: it was. Yeah, but those weren't good shots. They weren't, but they still... No screens, no second chances. But they still
1: controlled the play. They controlled the faceoff dot. They controlled the offensive zone. Like, a lot of, you know, the fancy stats, the basic stats, all were tipping well in their balance. And they just didn't win. You know, they got a fluky game from a nobody goaltender. They just didn't win. And you can't allow those games to happen when you blow games like they did against Montreal, when you blow games against Detroit the first time, when you come back twice against Detroit the second time and then still end up losing by three goals, David Perron, my God, by the way, huh?
0: (laughs) He hadn't scored the previous nine games, too. Yeah, just go figure. I feel like he's burned them in whatever uniform he's worn since. How did Hextall, the GM, how did he possibly feel the goaltending situation was okay this past off season, because goaltending has by far been their most damaging problem. There's other stuff that's led them down, and the Carter contract, the Capitan contract, the Ruddy contract—they were all disasters. If you had a better number two goaltender, you could make up for all of those other sins. You wouldn't even notice them because they'd be very solidly in a playoff berth. Well, I
1: think, like I'm gonna. Remember these conversations that we've had about the backup goalies. I'll remember what you said on your show. We talked about it during last night's great Pittsburgh sports debate. Um, The goalies that could have been here that. Martin
0: Jones, Ilya Samsonov, Jaroslav Halak. Finally get Halak, for God's sakes. Bring him here so he can't play against you anymore. (laughs) At least he can't beat you. But all those guys, uh, Halak came cheaper, Uh, Samsonov, same price. Martin Jones, just 200 k more, and they all signed for one year, whereas they gave DeSmith two. How do you give DeSmith two?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't get it then. Um, there's a little bit of the Bud Dupree conversation that we've been having. So the insurance policy, need to have an insurance policy. I think I think DeSmith falls under that umbrella. But I'm going to think about this goalie conversation in, like, October, November, when we're watching the Steelers inside linebackers if Hulk and, and Roberts aren't who they thought that they would be, because it's the same conversation. Exactly. There was a depressed market for inside linebackers. There was a bargain market for inside linebackers, and they still thought they had to live in the bargain bin. Like, you don't have to go to the dollar store and spend 50 cents. And that was their approach to inside linebacker, and I feel that's kind of what the Penguins did with goaltending, too. Even though, like you said, DeSmith was still more expensive than some of the other guys considered.
0: Well, you know another thing we need to never say again, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody? We often say, Tim... If your starter gets hurt, it won't matter who plays because you're shot anyway. That's not true. If they had had a Martin Jones to play instead of Jari, again, they would be comfortably at a playoff berth.
1: Right, Um, because we're at the stage now where they have already, I think, shown that keeping the core together, keeping the other guys together, yet hamstrung them against the cap, but at least they were good enough to be competitive. It's not like those – mistakes were so flawed and that planning was so flawed that they're 11th in the east you know they're seventh eighth ninth something like that they're going to be on the border so have the backup goalie win you two or three extra games there's six extra points now you're talking about are you going to play the metro winner in the first round instead of the
0: bruins like that's the debate as opposed to are you going to get in or get slaughtered by the bruins well i have debated what would be the bigger wake-up call Missing the playoffs or playing the Bruins in the first round? I'm convinced it would be playing the Bruins in the first round. I think it would drive home the gap between the Penguins, uh, you know, how they see themselves as a contender and how they really are. I think that would be reenacting the wood chipper scene from Fargo. I think it would be just terrible.
1: Would they go in head first or foot first? How, how would the, we put skate? we we'll have the skate hanging out the top of the woodchipper? The wood foot would or?
0: be sticking out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the the Bruins mismatch is so bad on a lot of levels. I mean, I know what Borky said when we were doing the great Pittsburgh sports debate. This will be a peel-back-the-curtain kind of moment. They put themselves in this position where, you know, I I got the impression Borky was looking at this pack of games the same way I was. I got the impression he
0: was looking to get out of there as quickly as he could. Yeah, well, there might be some
1: Penguins who feel the same way right about now, but, um, you know this four-pack of games that they're in the middle of, the first one being Detroit, the last game against the Flyers on Sunday night, ending this week of play. I saw that as six points they had to have out of eight. And now that they gave away two, does that somehow just make them step on the accelerator and play their absolute best game against the Bruins? They get six that way. Well, again, to my earlier point, that might happen, but they still might lose. And they've given themselves no wiggle room for that anymore
0: hey what happened to her ah she wouldn't stop screaming you know um i want to get to the the quarterback situation with with Jackson and Rodgers and and let me do the good old fashioned sports talk cliche by asking you rate the quarterbacks in the afc with Jackson and Rodgers assuming Jackson stays with baltimore and Rodgers does go to new york let let me rate them Number 1 Mahomes, number 2 Burrow, number 3 Josh Allen, number 4 Trevor Lawrence, number 5 Justin Herbert, number 6 Aaron Rodgers, number 7 Lamar Jackson. So we're going nuts over a couple quarterbacks in Rodgers and Jackson who aren't even in the top 5 in the conference and we also don't want to note where that leaves Kenny Pickett.
1: Uh I don't have a pen uh, nor was I able to type fast enough to put that down, so let me give you mine and you tell me how close it aligns to what you just said. I'll have Mahomes 1, Burrow 2. Yep. Yep. Allen three. Yep. Four. Is Jackson fully healthy? Yes. Trevor <laughs> Lawrence.
0: Or at least he'll say he is.
1: Yeah. Jackson. Rodgers. Herbert. Herbert.
0: Okay, I mean, I I think the top three are written in stone. Yeah. I think after that there's X amount of interchangeability, although I don't think it's impossible that Trevor Lawrence cracks that top three, if not this year, then sooner or later.
1: Yeah, I think that it's hard for me to go back and mentally evaluate or reevaluate how good Lawrence was because I just didn't allow myself to care because that South division was so bad. Care.
0: I didn't allow myself to watch. Uh,
1: Neither did I, really. Like, I wasn't thinking to watch Jacksonville Jaguar games until that you know that, that was that that uh, Saturday night one where they had to play basically the one and done against the Titans to get in I just couldn't allow myself to think or believe that they were actually going to win the division that's how bad the division was so um you know I I have got to look I will now evaluate Trevor Lawrence I knew he was getting better but now I evaluate him like hey you should win a division cuz you did last year so your team sh- and the Titans aren't better You should win that division again this year. Are you good enough?
0: Well, you know where Trevor Lawrence has really impacted that team? And Ben did this for the Steelers. The Jacksonville Jaguars have been badly mismanaged for years, right? He's taken the team over. It's his team now. And that doesn't mean he's making management decisions. It means he's good enough to have to to wonder about his approval when they make moves. And I think that affected the Steelers with Ben in a good way at first, but maybe not in the long run. And I think Pickett needs to reach that point here. The Penguins, they, they feel accountable to Trevor Lawrence. Do the
1: Penguins have done that with Sid?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think you're right. When you have, I know that analogy holds with Rodgers. Like the Jets are doing it; they don't even have him yet. Like you're, you're talking about that mentality. Like I'm giving you a shopping list: go get this in the off season, and that they're thinking, doing
0: it before they have
1: Rodgers on their payroll. Right, but at least Lawrence is there, and I don't think Lawrence is the megalomaniac
0: that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is. Which one of those seven quarterbacks we've rated, let's throw Kenny Pickett in the mix too, will wind up dating Emily Ratajkowski? And you can't say all of them. It's too
1: easy. Trevor Lawrence has the best hair, so I'll go with him.
0: You see, I don't know. Does Trevor Lawrence have better hair than Pickett? I don't know who's married and who isn't, and if they are married, if they're fanatics about it. I think it would be great. Because with Emily Ratajkoski, that just shouldn't matter.
1: You know what? I think it would be great if she dated Joe Burrow and both acted like they were too cool for the relationship, and just, you know, wherever they went, they just didn't even talk to each other. I think that would be a great relationship. To
0: to quote Jeremy Piven about Emily Ratajkoski in the Entourage movie, my wife would give me a free pass for her. (laughs) Uh, What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? Colts? Here's what I think. I think he's going to wind up playing for the Ravens on the franchise tag.
1: Why were the Colts as open as we? We kept asking the question a week, two weeks ago. Why is everybody being so open about not wanting him? Why were the Colts so open about wanting him?
0: To keep Pat McAfee happy. Um, <laughs> why? Well, because he's just the
1: extension mouthpiece. Gotta get
0: Ron, Gotta get Jackson. Yeah, Colts. Uh,
1: maybe there's something to it. Maybe it's just about placating the fan base to make it look like they're trying and they're not going to. But that was. That was oddly a departure, as odd as it was to see so many teams... Well, because
0: th- now the Colts have put themselves in a position where they almost have to make a run at them.
1: Right, yeah, and what? And then what if they bite? What if Jackson's camp bites, you know? like.
0: Don't but, say yes. Don't say yes. What? I mean, we haven't even talked to Meek Mill.
1: <laughs> you put it best, I thought. I thought you had a great point on your show a couple days ago where you said... The contract that Lamar Jackson is going to sign is either going to be $1 less than Deshaun Watson or $1 more, and that's all that matters. Well,
0: no, no. He won't sign for $1 less. His goal is to get more than Deshaun Watson. Guaranteed. Period.
1: Yeah, well, that's the breaking point then. $1 more or $1 less. And, you
0: know, like, the difference... It's it's about vanity and ego now. It's not about money.
1: You know, we're talking about... Brian Reynolds for a hundred million dollars or O'Neill Cruz for 180 over eleven, like that Wonder Franco deal or whatever. Like
0: Yeah, but that's a different sport with no cap.
1: Right. No, but, but where I was going with the thought was he could play one year on thirty-three million. Like we're talking about eleven year, five year, six year, seven year, eight eight year deals for that kind of money. He can play one year for a third of that. And it's still not good enough. Like, that's the difference between Le'Veon Bell and, and Lamar Jackson. A lot of people are trying to draw Le'Veon Bell comparisons. Like, Bell wanted what Jackson is going to get for one year on the tag. You know, that's what Bell wanted in his contract, the life of his contract. This is one year for 33, and he still won't do it.
0: Um, Yeah, it it's about ego. And why won't he hire an agent? You know, here's why I think he won't hire an agent, by the way. He doesn't want the agent to tell him, look, you're asking for too much. This is wrong. We have to try something different. He doesn't want to try anything different.
1: That's why he, uh, he tried to hire – what was the guy doing? He was selling gym equipment or something the, like the that? The street agent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was selling gym equipment or something. No, I think that's a pretty good assumption, and maybe he's – planning to spend so damn much he knows he can't give away the 4% or whatever. But I think he said way too many people get in his ear and talk about how big of a deal that 4% is, especially once he signs, especially if he signs somewhere else, the marketing opportunities that he's going to have in whatever new city he would have are going to be gigantic.
0: What I hate about the Lamar Jackson situation, well, let me backtrack. I hate everything about it. I hate the fact that we're talking about it now. I think it's absurd that, like, that Ross Tucker, that former player who has a podcast now, he was talking about the tragedy of Lamar Jackson and his salary quest. Okay, listen. If he turned $133 million down guaranteed, as we hear, nothing about this has any element of tragedy. No. It's nothing you that you or I... can't victimize
1: a person in that situation. Right,
0: right. You, I can't relate to it. Um, but... uh But I hate the media coverage over it. It is the fruition of what Howard Cosell feared years ago. He called it the jockocracy. Every athlete in the world has an ex-mic, and they all take the athlete's side. And that's never been more prevalent than with Lamar Jackson. You got Bart Scott screaming, MVP, MVP. But that was four years ago, Bart. And then you got even worse, Robert Griffin III, because you know what Robert Griffin III is? He's the Dollar Tree version of Lamar Jackson, and he didn't make it, but he's living vicariously. All
1: the athletes who are pandering on behalf of Lamar Jackson, the former players, they will do that for the 53rd guy on the roster too and claim that every single player is asking for a, Exactly what their dollar figure should be just because they're asking, just because they've set their own feeling of self-worth. And that's not how business is supposed to work. You know, at some point, the person who writes the check should have the right to say that's enough. And we well, right,
0: those those contracts to uh to uh Deshaun Watson and to Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, people say those set the market. They actually set what the market isn't.
1: Exactly, and that's why... Whether
0: Jackson wants to believe that or not, that's a fact.
1: And that's why I'm not willing to go to the mat for the player because there's a presumption of collusion. Maybe there is collusion on this. Maybe there isn't. If there is, I don't care that there is. <laughs> like I just don't. I mean, so long as it's not written in agreement where somehow those who are conspiring...
0: What if it was? That'd be great.
1: Uh, no one's putting their name to a piece of paper, but even if it was talked about, like, you're not going to pay... Deshaun Watson's contract to Lamar Jackson. Are you and
0: offer two first round picks? Hell no. Okay, that's all right. That's how business works. That's Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden. I was going to end this podcast by talking about the final form, but I've decided against it. This is the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network. Betrivers.com and wherever you find your podcasts.